Ramble. So, so what happened last week, Miles? Ugh. Eugene's triumphant return to the podcast. So the, the moment that we've all been waiting for for, for months. <sighs> I'm so, you got seven minutes of video. Okay, so I we got this really fucking cool new mixer, and we got it like a while ago. We got it like a year ago. We were using it. Everything was fine. Everything was good. Then I started having an error where it would say it was recording. Everything looks normal. Numbers are going up. Fucking everything's fine. And then I go to the thing, and it's like, oh, it won't eject. Oh, it actually only recorded seven minutes. So they sent us a new mixer. I called the place. They were like, okay, it's a problem with the mixer. We'll send you a new mixer. Send the new mixer. We get the new mixer. It's working flawlessly for months. Eight months, actually. Working completely flawlessly. <laughs> then we're cranking out bullshit. Eugene's not here, so the episodes don't matter. Eugene comes <laughs> <laughs> Eugene comes back. Arguably, the people that people are going to want to see. No one wants to see me yeah. and Zach no, and Keith. People don't want to see that. No. They want to see hot ass Eugene come back triumphantly. Eugene comes back to the studio. Mixer only. Right, well, he's your boss, Miles. Well, so please, please be careful okay. about the way you speak about. <laughs> it's him. okay my way. It's not okay if he says that about me. But <laughs> yeah, so, shut your <laughs> hot ass up, Miles. Thanks. Well, easy. So I then uh, it doesn't fucking work. It only records seven minutes. And I don't know if it's a firmware update. But anyway, now we're back. Backup recording on all the cameras. So if shit fucks up, then it, I'll still have a backup recording. I blame myself. I don't blame you at all. I blame me. I, I feel like I have a, a tech curse that follows me around. Yeah. It could be your juice. Is that a thing for you? Do you have you have uh, technology quit on you frequently? No, but like when other people are using it, sometimes it'll it'll happen. Mm. I feel like I have a ghost, you know, that's on my back. The ghost in the machine. Yeah, that that like messes up other people's machines. Yeah. I get that. <laughs> I don't do it on purpose though. I think I, it's a curse. I, I yeah, it makes me, you know, it's one of those things where it's ultimately not my fault, but I <laughs> I think I feel that it is my fault even though it is not my fault. I'm proud of you for passing the blame miles. Good on you. Yeah, and the blame is passed on, I guess, I don't know, to who? To 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 the to my ghost. Made the mixer, to the ghost. Yes, my cursed ghost. Fucking exactly. ghost. Yeah, his name's Shelby. Shelby. Yeah. Good name by the way. Um everyone on the count of 3 say the name that you would have if you didn't have your name go. 1 Two, Two, three, Lance. Buford. Thelonious. <laughs> <laughs> Buford? All right. Well, no, I already have like no a more commentary school, needed. <laughs> I have an old school, like Western name that's yeah. dying out. It's dying out with all the great granddads. Yeah. Okay. So I figured I would just adopt another uh, endangered name. <laughs> endangered names. Yeah. That's such a thing. It's called endangered names. I've yeah. I've never, never heard that. Some names have resurgences. Like, um, yeah. Flowers, for instance, mm -hmm, right. they were a big deal for our grandparents. Mm. Then they, none of the boomers or Gen Xers were named, you know, Rose or right. Lily or things like that. And then now we are naming our kids. Those They're names. back. Zach? My grandmother's name's Evelyn and Rhoda, right? Like, when's the last time you met a Rhoda? Rhoda. <laughs> wow. But wouldn't that be the most awesome kid in elementary school? Yeah. Yeah, it's my friend. Oh my God, Rhoda. 100%. And my other friend, Buford. <laughs> Buford and Rhoda. <laughs> well, because everyone's names are like... Isabella and Jaden. Yeah. I want I want some Who do you know named Isabella? The That's kids. Really it's like I think the number kids. one kid's name for our generation naming their kids. Yeah. For oh, girls. Shit. Yeah. I like the names that are just like objects. Like someone will be like freaking pickle. That's a name. <laughs> freaking pickle. Or like lightning. Like Lightning McQueen. That's cool. Yeah, Kachow. That's cool. <laughs> Absolutely Kachow. <laughs> Yeah. Have you thought about big kids Well, names? hey, Eugene, what the fuck's up, bro? Hey. Hey, I'm glad we got to, I mean, the audience didn't see uh, past 15 minutes of last week's pod. 
but they're going to see. No, they did. Well, they didn't see it, but they could have heard they, they it. They could hear it. And but... Rainey's doing a multicam edit that's just two images of, of the two cameras. Oh, no. So it'll look fun. But, but but I'm glad we get to do a podcast with uh, with us and Zach this time to catch up. Yeah, baby. Not that catching up is, uh, I mean, people see us not be on screen for two weeks and they think we've left somewhere. Yeah. All of us are constantly communicating regardless. Mm-hmm. That's correct. I, st- I still, I would say, talk to you more than my parents and more than anyone else in my life. <laughs> <laughs> How sad for us. Yeah. A lot of communication. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Zach. Or sad for my parents. They fucking labored, you know, dealt with my bullshit. I should pick up the phone and call them. That's true. What, really what is going on, Zach? What's going on? I mean, hey, I should say this on Guilty Pleasures. I said that I had a little Covey expose. It was my cute way of saying, hey, pandemic's still going on. <laughs> Winkity wink. Uh, wanted, wanted to play it cool by calling it a Covey expose. We're going to retire um, that I had a phrase break. <laughs> immediately. Yeah, probably for the best. Probably for the best. Um, yeah, I had a breakthrough case. I am doing great. I'm doing fine. I am cleared. Uh, doctor says I'm good to go, but it is, you know, a good reminder while you guys are traveling for Thanksgiving today, we're only going to get downer for one second. Uh, mm-hmm. breakthrough cases are possible. So it's look, it's awesome. This is, uh, uh, the first Thanksgiving in two years where we're all probably able to go travel mm-hmm. and feel a measured version of safety, but doesn't hurt to get tested because you never know. And, uh, in our case, it caused a lot of logistical headaches. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, breakthrough <laughs> cases for people who are vaccinated still happen. So just be careful out there. That's right, babies. Still happens. Yeah. But I'm feeling good and I'm ready to chat. I'm ready to wax poetic. I'm ready to talk about bullshit. And I'm ready to debate what's the most fuckable Thanksgiving food. Ready? <laughs> Go. Turkey, obviously. <laughs> God, <laughs> Miles. God, Miles. Come on. You're telling me the turkey doesn't... <laughs> It's such an obvious You're going to look choice. me in the eyes and tell me every time you see a turkey, you don't think about it just a little Come bit. Come on. You guys are... Absolutely not. Uh, yeah. We did do Hot or Not Thanksgiving edition last year, I think. Or maybe it was year before. I don't remember. We're just repeating disgusting concepts in our minds. <laughs> Wait, how long have we been doing this this podcast? Two years. That's That feels wrong. We're at 100 and, episode 100 and, I don't know, 20? Something like that. When should, when should we end, Miles? What's what's the finale? Uh, that's we a just really go till we question. die. Well, I do think I want to do a 420 special, but that doesn't have to be at episode 420. I think I could be just like that. Could be honestly on Christmas. We release a 420 special, and we all get ultra stoned and do the podcast. Would be very funny to me. Oh man, I don't. Sounds great. I'm weird when I'm stoned. <laughs> well, that's why it'd be a fun podcast. Because for people, you're who adorable don't, when you're high. Yeah, yeah, when people, who, I don't partake very often, but people mm-hmm. who partake often are, are quite normal all, a lot when they're sure. when they're high. So mm-hmm. you know, you could be around a high person and not even know it. <laughs> <laughs> you could be. You around, could yeah. be high right now and not, <laughs> not even, even know. know. <laughs> but it actually like affects you don't me. even. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing Thanksgiving. Well, first of all, your Thanksgiving plans. I'm very curious what you what you boys are doing for thank you. Are you going to see fam? Are you hanging out here? Well, I'd say Eugene and I are both non-traditional Thanksgiving folk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know in the past you've talked about your love of non-traditional Thanksgiving cuisine. Yes. And that being, I don't eat Thanksgiving food anymore. <laughs> and I'm all aboard that train. Like, just make it a lavish meal. Who cares? Why do you have to eat the same thing every year forever? Boring. I think people really stand by it because it's uh, foods that don't make sense outside of the holiday. So the, yeah. the specialness of it is what they attach to honestly some frankly mediocre dishes mm. in my opinion Ooh, shots fired shots are fired 
But um, yeah, yeah, I also I mean, think like there's just, a reason. Yeah, proactively decolonizing the holiday as a whole is a great challenge to try to instill in families. And it's, I know it's very hard with a lot of people having very traditional parents. But uh, yeah, my family's not very traditional, so I've I've been able to try to instill more of that appreciation of indigenous cultures, mm. recognizing the month. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I know that's a uphill battle for a lot of people. So uh, I certainly have been very blessed with a family that was already very confused by Thanksgiving to begin with. Well, in following the theme of being as uncolonial as possible, I'm going to a tiny Mexican beach town. (laughs) 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 Um, But uh, very exciting. My family and Maggie's family are going to be spending the first Thanksgiving together ever. We're going to be, our families are going to be together for a week, which is uh, intense beyond a point that either of us fully thought through before we booked this (laughs) plan. That is cute. And have all the family met each other? Like, is everyone but the homies? They've all met each other. You know, it's possible that Stephanie has not met Maggie's sister who's coming in person. Mm. Um, But yeah, I mean, we've had a couple dinners. And so Mm. I just keep telling myself this is going to be that seven times in a row. (laughs) Yeah, big. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) It's a lot. I mean, uh, it's it's a little intimidating and we're both just trying to not think about it and assume that nothing bad will happen. (laughs) And I think they're both very, they're all very agreeable. And honestly, Mm. Maggie's parents are the most agreeable. (laughs) And my parents, if you're listening, you're the ones we're worried about. You better watch your tongue. Uh oh. Yeah. Margo, Adam, you're very particular. <laughs> Look, I'm their child, okay? Who do you think birthed me? If anyone's going to rock the boat, it's going to be the Cornfelds. Sort of in law family dynamic is very mm. fascinating. Mm-hmm. The one thing I can say is that, you know, most people generally can, can skate by. There's just like a formality to events, co co-joined events. Yeah. Like, hopefully, you have people that really hit it off across the family aisle. Mm. I will guarantee you. There will always be one person who hates another person, and the other person hates that person. Yeah. In every cross family situation, mm-hmm. there's always one. Oh yeah. I mean, honestly, what I'm most grateful for is that there is the one person in my normal Thanksgiving family dynamic. I'm going to say as little as possible <laughs> to uh, avoid <laughs> specifying who that person is. Oh come but on. But there's one person that that <laughs> creates issues, and that person will not be there. So that I think like we're all going to just be so relieved uh, that that everything's going to be wonderful. And what type of issues has this person caused in the past? (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) You know what? This person's never going to listen to this episode. That's fine. Uh, This (laughs) don't you let the air your family dirty laundry. This person once cried over food that was served. That's and is an adult. human yeah, that's tough. That's really because tough. It wasn't up to their standards. That's basically what happened. Oh, no. Okay, yeah, that's... It was incredible. That's really interesting. <laughs> and then my grandmother said, quit being such a little bitch at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> wow, that's great. Oh, God. I, and that's honestly, like, I know that everyone hates that part of Thanksgiving. It's like, oh, your crazy uncle's coming. Oh, no, my parents are going to fight about politics. I kind of love that drama. Yeah. I'm a little gossipy bitch. <laughs> and I, I I love watching the fireworks happen and just fucking eating my vegan pecan pie in the corner. It's Ugh, awesome. Vegan pecan pie. <laughs> <laughs> you, you bite your tongue. <laughs> what about you, Eugene? You know, we don't have as much you know, we don't have as much of this responsibility to have to always see each other in the holidays. Mm-hmm. I think it's been nice to 
you know, be very selective and choose where and when we see each other. Mm. Cause I know more, more families out there do put a lot of weight on tradition and, and making sure that you spend time with one another. Right. Um, so I have like old, old dramatic family stories. Uh, clearly that, I mean, I'm just going to say it. It's, it's always an aunt or an uncle. Yeah. Like it's just the sitch, which is kind of hilarious. Cause if you think about it, if you have siblings, you might become that person one day. Oh, that's upsetting. Oh, just yeah. remember that. I mean, as much as we like to complain about them, one of us will be that person. Yeah, that's tough. And they're going to be like, oh God, Uncle Zach's coming. Uncle uh, Zach's no, gonna he's going to keep showing us his old YouTube videos. <laughs> <laughs> he's showing us candy competition. Uh, it's so embarrassing. He keeps trying to explain why he was so popular. But yeah, that's, that's, uh, I, I had some, I have some, uh, some fond memories of, of, uh, ridiculous, stupid family fights and arguments. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, well, I don't know if I want to say this on the show. At our <laughs> all right, let's just all give, look, I went there. Come on, give me a taste of your drama. Right, let me get a taste. Okay, this is something that happened. I don't know if I talked about this on the show before, but at my, I had two weddings. One was a family wedding. One was a regular like wedding uh, with our friends that you guys were at. And at the family wedding, two of my cousins from opposite sides of the family hooked up. And you told us, but they were Take related. They were related. Sure. Wait, so it was like a Brady bunch situation. No, it was like my cousin on my dad's side and my cousin on my mom's side, like t- two people That's who aren't. So it sounds so Wait. deeply wrong. And you're like, it's oh, okay. So they're, they're related so, through marriage. Not, yeah, through like someone married. So there's someone through on, my parents. They're that's how their relation. Got it. Got it. It's my cousins on my mom's side. My cousin. Via my marriage. Side. Got it. Okay. And uh, we were all like, should we call the police? <laughs> 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 if you're anybody in my family, I'm sorry to spill the family. Tea. Of, was it like in front of the turkey? No, they were like young people, and we we kind of saw them kind of go there on a walk through the woods, and it was like they were kind of, and we were like, oh. This is interesting. It's the most forbidden love. Yeah, well, it's not, they're not actually cousins. I guess they are. What is that? No, second? you're still technically a cousin, but yeah. you're, not a, you're not a genetic cousin. It, it was, yeah, it was funny. It was interesting. But- Honestly, though, <laughs> I, I, I stand. I support this, this relationship. I support this union. Think about how much money they're going to save on the wedding invite. It's like, should we <laughs> invite your family or my family? It's the same thing. What's the yeah, opposite? Yeah. Of, what's the opposite of Stan? Yeah. I need an opposite of Stan. The opposite I, of Stan is probably, um, Eminem. I, I don't know. Yeah, Slim Shady. Uh, Slim Shady. I'm just total Slim Shading that that I'm going to eight mile. That. I'm eight miling that <laughs> entire <laughs> situation. I'm a, I'm a Kai Pfeiffer. I don't I'm a care for this so hard. I don't care how, <laughs> how roundabout way you explain, uh, fucking your, I don't think they, I, I just think they kissed in the woods. I think that's even creepier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the courtesy to like, because they knew they were being naughty. They had to walk out into the actual yeah. wilderness to, to, was, wow. to smash their cousin. It's, <laughs> They're not miles. even they had never met before. Yeah, yeah. So it's they still have weird. that moment. Do you think that <laughs> do you think Miles they had that moment like, this is so wrong, right? We shouldn't do this. I we don't can't. even know. That means they fucking know. That means they know it was wrong. <laughs> that means part of their brain were like, this is hot. But maybe I'm being yeah. maybe I'm being judgmental because I've never had a hot cousin. Yeah. Who's uh. related to me via marriage. I think it was also a thing of like they were two of the only people who were that age 
at the wedding. So it was like, if you're okay, at the, <laughs> if you're at the wedding, if you're like, if you're whatever it is, like it was a dearth of options. That was the reason. <laughs> no, there were like, no I guess I'm going to hook up with my cousin. <laughs> so, you're not that they're North not, Carolina. No, they're not related. <laughs> they were related though. They never so met. It's so weird. It is weird. You can it label someone as family. Well, I'm telling you, we were like, should limits. we call the police? <laughs> I would have been in the corner <laughs> saying, yes, I'm already on the phone. We give everyone, it was the talk of the wedding. It was very funny. I, I would just do a citizen's arrest at that point. <laughs> uh, citizen's arrest, my cousin. Um, Miles runs off into the woods. No, no, no. I'm going to tell you what, though. I uh, And I don't know if this is weird to say, but I did. I do have a hot cousin. And okay, it it's is like weird a, to say, it's it a to say by the way. Yeah, but you're then, arrested. I think I'm going to arrest you. Through marriage, well, uh, let right? Me, let me, I didn't say that I was attracted to my hot cousin, but it's tough. So I went to the same high school. God, I hope this doesn't get back to my cousin. Let's call your cousin. I had a second cousin. <laughs> Second cousin who I went to high school with, she was a year older than me, and it was known that she was a hot person. <laughs> and then and then my friends would be like, they fe- would find out that we were related and they would love telling me how hot my cousin is. And I'm like, this isn't fun for me. And then I would hear about people, mm. you know, you hear about the hookups that go on and like <laughs> the freaky shit that so-and-so did. And so I would hear about this stuff with this person that I grew up like doing the fucking matzah hunt with at Passover. <laughs> like we grew up in Jai- together oh, and that's I'm what they call it this, this <laughs> the matzah hunt don't you <laughs> yeah i thought you were doing the matzah hunt uh-huh. i'm calling this episode so zach's gross. hot cousin oh god <laughs> no we are ixnaying this convo it is weird though because i know certain families they're really really extended yeah y'all know like third and fourth cousins mm-hmm. i never had that experience right and I do have friends who are like, oh, I just met my second cousins. They happen to be really hot. I always tell them that's a really weird statement to make. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't, just, you shouldn't talk about that. You but apparently that. it's a very common thing for, I'm sure people are going to sound off in the comments, but about their, so about their second and third cousins who happen to be hot. But I, th- I think it's weird, but I also don't want to judge yeah. because I don't know any of my cousins beyond the first ones. I have a theory. You know how people are like, especially narcissists are attracted to versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, that person's pretty high. And you're like, well, that person just looks like you. Second cousins are just far enough away where you're like, there's something about them. And it's like, yeah, it's your fucking DNA. Yeah. Well, did you know that sometimes you'll be, you'll think someone smells weird or you won't like the taste of their saliva when you're kissing them because <laughs> you are <laughs> Because they're your cousin. No, no guys, yes. this is a very bad. No. Literally, this is we the have thing. Walked down a this very dark path. No, literally, it's like into the woods <laughs> behind Miles's house. Apparently, <laughs> evolutionarily, <laughs> evolutionarily, it might be that like you have ancestors that are related, and genetically, you don't want to copulate with those people because you don't want to create <laughs> spawn. I've or, heard of this yeah, incompatible yeah. space. Maybe the person just doesn't floss. That's also yeah. <laughs> that could be it. I sure. really hope the first thing. Yeah. White people especially don't have to think when someone has a weird taste in your mouth is God, they must be my cousin. Oh, that is so If you're anybody funny. in my family who's listening to this, I'm sorry for hearing the dirty laundry, but it's too funny to not. Miles, don't worry. No one in your family listens to this. They definitely don't. That's for damn sure. I would just like to officially endorse as uh, the tripod that we don't want you to like ever seek out or like think it's chill generally to make out with a cousin yeah, second the, yeah, third first no. whatever tribe does not condone cousin fucking yeah it's it's not a it's just it's that's it's it's okay there's if you have to have a caveat from a story where everyone uh recoils in horror then don't 
be part of that story. Don't be part of the story. But yeah. they're not. But they're. It's not through marriage. It's yeah. through marriage. I'm like, no. Yeah, you, you already got me horrified. Yeah, I'm scared about that now. Okay, Miles, I'm looking at the itinerary, <laughs> the agenda for the podcast. You no, it's, so it's, we've there's no about agenda left. Fucking <laughs> yeah, we that was not so what, what was it that you wanted to talk about next? <laughs> yeah. Um, Didn't you have an idea originally to do like warm holiday memories, but you got me and Zach. So it's not, it's, you're going to be totally off the rails this Warm podcast. holiday. Well, yeah, I, I'm curious about warm holiday memories of um, yesteryear. For the example, this actually, this is the Thanksgiving I'm staying here. We're not going anywhere. Oh. I'm going to stay at home, which I've never done. Do you I have any like, family like, coming? No. Because we traveled so much for the weddings uh, and our honeymoon. We were like, for Thanksgiving and Christmas, let's stay in Los Angeles. That's going to be nice. Are you going to invite friends or are they all gone? No, I, some friends that are in town, Will's coming over. Um, but some friends that are in town are coming over and we're going to make a turkey or, you know, what Fr- have you. Friendsgiving is people fucked call up. It. Yeah. Yeah. Friendsgivings are usually good. This turkey miles. <laughs> yeah, well, I won't tell you what I'm gonna do with the turkey. Okay, boys. Okay, who puts the reins on you, you people? You haven't been here. So, <laughs> so gross. <laughs> Don't talk about copulating with a turkey. Yeah, sorry about that. Your YouTube. mother's listened to this. Time, we miss you so. We much. miss you a lot. We need you. See, that's the energy you bring. You bring the off switch. <laughs> <laughs> the pure cynical disdain. Yeah, you bring the <laughs> the guys. loss in, of hope for humanity. <laughs> that's enough, actually. Guys. <laughs> the feeling of just wanting to slowly wither away and die yeah classic you bring that in droves i would say yeah i mean not to i mean my warmest ho- holiday memories when my mom announced that she was divorcing my dad that's really nice yeah yeah i like that <laughs> and you just thought sort of the sun is setting on this situation and to new beginnings to you know and it ended up being the best decision yeah. our family ever made there you go yeah that's nice. but the, that christmas was not fun i bet not now raddest christmas gift you ever got someone just asked me that i don't think i ever got like an amazing present for the holidays. Really? Yeah, it was always really standard, and we got savings bonds a lot. Which back <laughs> in the day, they give you like bonds. Yeah, they gave us like uh, it's it, so practical investments into like our college funds, like a bail bondsman, basically, but for <laughs> for universities. So interesting. It'd be like fifty dollars going to your college and like a pair wow. a pair of socks. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. But my practical. mom also really didn't like how Christmas was. I've told this story before how she yeah. really hated how the credit was going to this strange, magical, imaginary man. She wanted the credit. She wanted the credit. Yeah. So I got better presents for my birthday right after the holidays because she could write her name on the package. Oh, yeah. My parents would always do. And Zach, I mean, sorry for sort of speaking about something that, you know, you didn't necessarily have. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's missing out. Well, sure. Holiday joy. Yeah. <laughs> Santa didn't come to the synagogue, but I did. Uh, generally, my parents would write mom and dad on some of the presents and Santa on some of the presents. Which is so ridiculous. It's so many presents you got to buy. I know. It's crazy. I would hope the worst president is from Santa. Yeah. And the better present is from mom and dad. I'm going to surprise you here, actually. my The Kornfeld household did celebrate Christmas. Oh, really? Uh, That's awesome. A lot of awesome. think that I grew up without it. And it's because my sister's birthday, Stephanie, she was born on Christmas Day. So growing up, oh, Christmas wow. for us was Steffi-mas. And you. I fucking won because I got presents on her birthday. It was yeah. sick. We did, we did like little shitty gifts for Hanukkah where my mom would just like find little knickknacks. I mean, that's where my love of boop and bops comes from is mm. she would find like eight little things. Um, and then, you know, one real present. But as I got older, it got less and less real. Yeah. And the best... 
Christmas present that I ever got was actually a present that I basically stole from her. Uh, <laughs> we together got the Lego maker, Steven Spielberg movie maker kit, uh, a kit that I've talked about a lot. It is the first thing that I started making movies with. It's what began my entire love affair with storytelling was making these little stop motion movies with the Lego set. And it was a gift that was supposed to be for the two of us. Stephanie will tell you she never got to touch it once because I was enraptured with <laughs> this thing. Yeah, that's a cool present. That's like really rad. Wait, you stole her birthday present? No, it was our shared Christmas present. No, I, I thought it was Steph's. You just called it Stephmas. Yeah, Steph. That was clearly Steph-mas. her. That was her holiday she, and birthday. You stole it from her. Yeah. I, she also got birthday present. Yes. Okay. If the takeaway there is that I'm a bad person, sure, sure, we can go there. Yeah. Have you ever said sorry to her? <laughs> I have so much to apologize for that that's not even on the <laughs> radar. What's the best holiday? Uh, uh, Chris, I'm thinking Christmas, thank you, birthday. Well, everyone knows my opinion. I think Halloween's the best. Oh, you like Halloween. I, I guess Halloween, Halloween I consider in a different category. Halloween's like, uh, like a festival for us all. But yeah. Christmas and Thanksgiving are celebrated privately. Oh, you think like the family holidays. Yeah, I guess Do so. you consider Easter a, f- a yeah, family I guess so. holiday? Hmm. Easter's like a brunch and an egg. I don't know. I'm kind of over holidays in general. Interesting. Speak on that. I think that we should just have more vacations for everyone. Yeah, that's good. And just forget all the, the old bullshit. Every Friday is a holiday. Yeah. My book. Oh my God. I co-sign as the the owner of this company. I co-sign four day weeks. Let's do it. Miles. Uh, By God. I'd love that. That'd be fantastic. (laughs) Start the revolution. Every Thursday thing that I do find very funny is that because we are just such an overworked society, Mm. there's this unwritten agreement that the week between Christmas and New Year's is just degenerate week. Yeah. And which by the way is a great name for a movie, but everyone (laughs) is just decided that for one week a year, we're all just going to become miserable people. We're going to go back to who we were as children. We're going to wear sweatpants and pajamas all the time. We're going to eat like shit. (laughs) We're going to get fucked up all the time. And then it just culminates with the ultimate bender of New Year's. You're hungover. New Year starts. Let's be better people. Time doesn't exist between. It's a weird little area. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. People usually just like sit on their asses. That's great. I know. I was thinking about what I'm going to do. And I was like, I guess I'll fucking bake. Just, yeah. Turn into a couch. <laughs> I was like, yeah. For, to me, it's like I have everything gets cleaned and then I get to fucking do whatever I want. Oh, the worst was when I was a server, I had to work Christmases. So oh, I would yeah, work. I, no. yeah, that's tough. Well, Cause I also would work. Um, I worked at like a Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. So the clientele the Jewish clientele busy would day. come in. Busy, busy city. And I wanted, people. I needed those tips. So then I would, I would work in the holiday season. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was not a huge holiday person, but watching everyone else fake that they loved each other and yeah, hang nice, out with their families, nice. that does do a little something on your soul. It does. So I, like, shout I, out to everyone working during the holidays. It's tough. It's tough. I think I've spoke on this in the past, but there's a, uh, it's a fascinating read if you want to research the surprisingly touching connection between the Chinese American and Jewish American communities in New York uh, in the early 1900s. And they were, two of the only communities that had nothing to do on Christmas and the way that that Jewish tradition of eating Chinese food was born. Uh, there was like a real camaraderie there and like, well, this is the only place open. And then it became our tradition over the years. Yeah. Fuck assimilation. Fuck assimilation. <laughs> Make your own traditions. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Damn right. We say, as we talk about making turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> I do like it. Can I, can I bring the conversation somewhere? Hit it. Do I have permission, captain? Absolutely. Uh, we were talking about, you know, my uh, 
beginnings in filmmaking with mm. with Legos. And you have a Eugene and Zach pod here. I mean, we are the two yeah. uh, cinephiles of the group. We, I mean, we we all the Try Guys share. Uh, creative interest, but certainly of the group, Ned and Keith come from a performance tree, right? Mm. That, if you guys don't know, audience, that's how they found their way to the Try Guys. Eugene and I did not, I mean, we did some performance, but that wasn't our career ambition. And so I'm curious, Eugene, I don't know if I actually know what was the first time you picked up a camera. And let's, let's fucking jam a little bit. Oh God, the first time I picked up a camera. I mean, honestly, it was just you know, toying around with the one that was old school nineties camcorder mm. and those like mini DV tapes that mm. my dad would just the, shoot. The small one. Yeah. yeah. He would just shoot things on. So I would just play around on it, but I never thought that was a career path because I always thought Hollywood and film and all that was uh, totally foreign and unavailable to me. Mm. So honestly, I think my path was really with writing and with art primarily first, because those are the things you don't really need anything fancy for mm-hmm. you just, you just need a paper and a pencil mm-hmm. or like a, a, a paintbrush in your imagination. I remember my problem was when I was a kid, I would fail most of my large art projects because <laughs> they would say, Hey, do, I don't know, like the tissue paper painting, mm-hmm. um, within the day and then turn it in the mm-hmm. end of the day. And I would actually take the project and I would spend a year on it. And I would come back to the teacher and I did like a whole oh, wow. finger pastel painting. And I recreated this, the the raft of Medusa by <laughs> Theodore Jericho. I remember this like very specifically. This was like in the sixth grade. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. And she said, well, I had to fail you on that project, but I'm going to hang this up in my home forever, which was great. But I just didn't think, I always thought like, I really want to just work really hard on these projects. So yeah. I was really inspired, mm-hmm. but I didn't quite understand the constraints of time or grades. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. School, traditional schooling wasn't the best for me, but then, yeah, I had a wonderful teacher who saw how passionate I was about, you know, art, writing, dance, mm-hmm. theater, choir, and suggested I, I pursue film school. So oh, wow. it was really a teacher who told me that. Hmm. So yeah. thank you, Teachers. Mrs. Kohler. That's right. Thank you, Mrs. Kohler. There's, there's someone out there who has the original Eugene Liang art hanging <laughs> in her house. Potentially. Still. Oh, wow. I, don't, I don't recommend kids doing that. Yeah, but it was it was very much like that was what me tapping into, mm. you know, I think my first like, you know, doing something for passion's sake as opposed to reward mm. sake, which I think is two very different things. Yeah, for sure. Do you know, do you remember when you just fucked around with a mini DV cam? Were you editing it or would you film a take, stop it? And then check it and then be like, okay, next scene and then film and rewind. Like, did you do that whole thing? The latter, Zach, (laughs) for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Film, stop, run another place, film, stop. And then rewind it if it wasn't good enough, do it again. I I had like a VHS. My dad fixed old electronics. I think we found this somewhere, but it was like a tape that had, you put blank VHS tapes. They were just like the big ass. The thing was fucking huge. And then we'd shoot stuff on that. And then you were playing on, what were you playing on, Zach? You're a little younger. So were you on iMovie or something? So I did all of this. I mean, the Lego set had an, a rudimentary editing system on it. Oh, and dang. Honestly, That's so cool. That, that is cool. It's, it, it was the coolest thing. I mean, I, I know viewers are like, oh my God, he's talking about this fucking Lego set again, but it, it was <laughs> so cool. Um, and you had a, I, you had a shark course, shirt as well. And I had a super cool shark shirt, because I don't know if you guys know this. It had these slashes okay, on yeah, the side. Yeah, yeah. There was someone in the comment section last episode who was like, yeah, does Zach not know? Like he did a whole episode on it. I'm like, yeah, I do. I do know. He knows. Um, Yeah, I I did the rewind stop, but then pretty quickly I discovered that my mom's computer, we had, I mean, we were early Mac adopters and it had iMovie. So this was when I was in middle school. I just self-taught 
iMovie, and I just started fucking around on there. All of my early movies were uh, just spoofs. It was like, I, you know, we talked about 8 Mile before. I did a version of 8 Mile with my teddy bears. Oh, my I God. Did a, I did a version of, you know, the Blair Witch Project, but it was the Bear Witch Project. So, and like, honestly, like, if you watch Candid Competition, it's basically exactly the same <laughs> stuff that I did as a child. It's, it's startling how little I've grown. <laughs> no, but that's kind of wonderful because it clearly is your perspective and mm. what you enjoy doing. So whether it's, you know, teddy bears or telling an entire restaurant that you are marrying your goth yeah. boyfriend no, correct, who yeah. is also actually Miles Bonsignore. That's correct, yeah. Yeah, it's just a, Miles I, is my I new see teddy the bear. evolution. I'm <laughs> <laughs> your teddy. Ew, You're my little God. teddy, Miles. No, You're we're going to stop. Stop. I'm going to play this in court. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I actually remember I went to a camp that was uh, movie spoofs. It was like you went to the camp and it was called Movie Makers Camp. And you went and it was uh, like this woman would shoot them and she would have us write them. And we wrote like spoofs. We did like a Blair Witch Project spoof, but it was just us like doing the Blair Witch Project pretty much. We did them for a bunch of stuff. It was like a bunch of different, you know, things. But one of them, we did the ring as well. It was great. It was great. It's a great time. Okay, this is we're we're doing a Try Guys Try Tap Dancing video in (gasps) December, which I'm super stoked about. And I'm going to have to find this because one of my movies that I made there was a friend of mine who was a tap dancer and I'm like, holy shit, I got to use that, man. And so I remade Spider-Man 2, literally like plot beat for plot beat. But instead of him being bit by a radioactive spider, he could tap dance and it was called Tap Man and it was awful. And it, I, I hope that the tape is burned and gone forever, but also for our sake, I hope I can find some of this footage. Yeah, I think it's important that everyone knows that you are going to hate, especially as a, a burgeoning filmmaker, what you make when you're young. Mm-hmm. Even when you go to film school or if you're, you know, trying to do things on YouTube, where, mm-hmm. wherever you're you're accessing, you know, your 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 creativity, um, it, it's all part of the growth as an artist. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing more validating than, you know, looking back at something that is so unabashedly you in the most embarrassing ways. But I think that those representations are really important. Like the first time I actually really worked with a camera was I got into a, 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 a film camp in high school mm-hmm. in LA and we actually shot on real, um, real film That's awesome. and edited on the old Steenbeck editing tables. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So I got to actually Same. touch the I film. Yeah. And then That's cut and so splice cool. and tape, which was really, really, really awesome. And, and mm-hmm. kind of a dead art now. Yeah. Um, it's so stupid. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> so right. annoying and frustrating. <laughs> and I was 15 and I remember my short from there was a critique on the one child policy in China. Wow. Through, That's awesome. through, uh, through dance. <laughs> That's so but it's cool. So yeah. bad. Like I watch it back and I cringe so hard, but I think by, you know, your heart's in the right place. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that that's just, I mean, just like as you get older and wiser, you're just going to get better and better with your craft. And I know a lot of people out there now have so much, uh, such direct access to having immediate feedback to what they do because of the internet. Mm -hmm. And I just think people should just like, you know, remember that your pace at your own time Right. Yeah. Subtext is lost on child children's projects. I think. Yeah. I think kids, you you just have to know that you got to let things gestate and grow and you'll Mm -hmm. only get better. And there's a beauty in knowing that is a shared experience, right? That so many creative people look back even a year ago and hate the things that they've made or, or just, I mean, I'm a critical person, right? That is my way of creation is to critique and critique myself until I can make it better. So there's, 
maybe nothing that I've ever made that I can look back at and say 100% I nailed it because I'm always looking at how do I grow? How do I continue to get better? Mm-hmm. A, a lot of my shorts, like, yeah, I think there's just something funny about like, I don't know, that I just remember being like in college being like, there's got to be like a woman in a yellow sundress. And that's like a common <laughs> theme. I think you see in a lot of like young male like films. I don't know what it is, but it's just like, yeah, what what was going on there? Unclear. Well, I think everyone, depending on your your generation, has strong cultural influences. Yeah, of course. So you're going to make the most dramatic and silly stuff, especially when you're a teenager. Yeah. And you're going to probably put a woman in a yellow or a red dress. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's going to be someone who gets murdered at some point. Of course, yeah. But, you know, in the end, it's all about your personal storytelling journey. And I think that, you know. That's beautiful. You're working on all these projects now, speaking of. Yes. And you're somebody who's intensely self-critical. Now, my yeah. question is, <laughs> as you're going through these projects, do you have, are you able to take a step back from it and be like, okay, other people told me this was good and that's why I'm making it because I, you know, have, I'm able going to be able to sell it or whatever. Are you able to be like, this is good. This is good. Right. Or are you, is that too hard? It is extremely difficult for me, <laughs> but I, I hope that that's a, it's a common experience for a lot of people who are, mm-hmm. who are creative. I, I will actually preface, you know, sending materials into people being like, just, just by the way, like, let me know if I'm just awful and if everything about what I'm outputting to you is just the worst thing you've ever seen. Cause I, right. I will take it. I will gestate <laughs> it. And it is something that I think eventually, you know, once you get into talking with a lot of different either collaborators or people who are helping you like editors, um, you have to start kind of evolving out of the, the self prostrating mm-hmm. stance and understand that the one thing that they're looking for is clarity of vision. And criticism is a tool in part of creation, right? Yeah. I, I, okay. So I'm also working, not in the same way Eugene is, but I'm working on some scripted projects right now and ones I hope to work on more in the new year, hope to tell you guys more about in the new year yes. and hope to find ways to, yes. to put them on the channel. Yes. 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 Uh, but an incredible piece of advice that I heard, not to me directly, was from Mr. Jerry Seinfeld. And this changed uh, part of the way that I think about creation and, and may be helpful to, to young creatives out there, which is to separate the creation state and the criticism slate mm-hmm. state. Because creation, you need to be in the flow. You need to be just saying yes to your ideas and allowing yourself to take risks and do things that may not work, right? So when he writes, he says, I give myself an hour or two hours and I write and I feel great about it. Like at the end of writing, give yourself a cookie, put it away, (laughs) don't show anybody. You know, reward yourself and say, I did that thing and feel good about it. And then the next day you come back and you put on your other hat and you look at it critically. And that's when you come in and say, this is not as good as it can be. This joke sucks. This story beat doesn't make sense. But if you have that voice in your head constantly while you're creating what he says, and I I found that I agree, you're going to get in your way, your own way and stand in the way of discovery. I Mm. loved that. It changed everything for me. Yeah. And, you know, people, I might be reiterating this, but, you know, this is a constant conversation I've had with the guys and anyone I've worked with for, Mm -hmm. you know, since we've known each other, like there's no decision that hasn't been made as like, just as a group to recognize certain projects need to have space to grow. And it might not be uh, conducive to do it either on the channel or even with the other people around you. Like Mm -hmm. there's just, there's certain things that require different, different ships to sail. Right. And, um, or just because you have one thing you should also do is remember that you don't have to limit yourself to one ship. There are many ships you can, (laughs) you're already, and if everyone listening, if you even have social media, you are already directing one ship. That's a ship you have to curate 
you're curating yourself online. It's Maybe your cousin has a ship you could borrow. Yeah, Maybe you but, can get on your cousin's ship. Maybe yeah. you and your cousin can sail together. But never feel like you have to be, you know, <laughs> narrowly defined by one thing, you know, because yeah. I think that's that's where people get really like caught up mm-hmm. in this idea that once they they envision themselves as one thing and they envision people that they follow or like as one particular thing. And we're all so much more than just one thing. And I think that's the big, big takeaway. I always try to give people when we talk about these projects I'm doing, especially mm-hmm. is um, I was always more than one thing before I was a try guy, yeah. which is a very Ooh, yeah. specific finite definition mm-hmm. that is also comparing me to a group that is different from me. So, right. And the internet wants you to be one specific thing. Yeah. Generally, that's like what yeah. does well on the internet. The is, internet rewards yeah. uh, regularity, right? You look at the most popular TikTok channels. It's a guy doing it. I mean, our channel in and of itself is an anomaly and we get in our own way all the time by you never know what you're going to get, right? That's that's bad for performance. Song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some scripted stuff takes more time, takes more money to produce than the content that we make, right? That's incompatible with the platform. Uh, we talked about discoverability. I mean, there's ways to get around it, like Patreon, but also when you write a script, you, it needs to be bad about 75 times before <laughs> it finally becomes good. That's incompatible with the rate of production. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so all of these things, I mean, one thing that I find interesting is I'm trying to figure out, are there ways to marry the desire that I have over here with the thing that works over there and here being scripted stuff, uh, there being YouTube. And, you know, the, the reason why you hear me uh, wax poetic so much about the stupidest show of all time, Candy Competition, <laughs> is because I've been able to sneak my little scripted things into it without it overwhelmingly hurting performance. Like, that show is how far can I push a YouTube format mm-hmm. closer to the stuff that truly... Uh, tickles my my inner creative happiness. And I, I encourage, and I'm always delighted to see you doing that, Zach. And I think that, you know, if anyone Likewise. is going to bridge that type of gap between the digital content and some of the scripted stuff, I'd like to see you and your new fiance, Miles. Howdy. <laughs> push, push that. <laughs> That's right. Push that forward. But like Actually, it is. Actually, X, my ex. We, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw the finale, but we got, yeah, yeah, we got. Well, but then yeah. at the end, well. Well, actually, yeah. but then we got back together. Okay, yeah. So oh, who knows? Yeah, yeah. yeah. To be continued. Spoilers. But yeah, <laughs> that's this is a wonderful conversation. I think, you know, in the end, for me, when people ask me something, I have certain stories I can tell with the Try Guys mm-hmm. through Try Guys formats. Mm. And there are many personal stories to me that could and should be told through traditional film and TV. Yeah, And that's yep. just um, a matter of space and the way that these things are distributed and who I am very fortunate now to have the opportunity to work with who can mm-hmm. enhance those stories uh, like other queer producers and right. Asian producers who are really invested in trying to get, because they don't really exist in that space yet, what I'm trying to tell. Mm-hmm. That's uh, very exciting. And I think we all are going to you know, get there at some point when we know that that's the right project. And I just happen to be there right now. But it doesn't mean I'm dumping off when I get to go into the kitchen and put some weird shit into some dishes for some without right. a recipe, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it's not, a, it's not an either or, it can be an and. Mm-hmm. Here's my question. Do you guys, you're both hardworking guys doing successful, doing stuff. Do you ever think you'll work less? Absolutely not. Yeah. Or does it make you sad to not work? Here's, here's the tea from me. Yeah. I don't know what gets rumored in the rumor mill for the audience and people who are just like very quick to you react. You kissed to, your cousin. That's the rumor. Yeah. yeah. They're very quick to react and be like, someone's going to, he's, you know, whatever. If someone, they think that I'm not in a few videos, they think I'm leaving or something. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. 
what I'm doing is I'm still working as much as I can on Try Guys. Yeah. It's just that when you f- focus on projects that you're following, even you know without people knowing it, you're working on them 24 seven. Like mm-hmm. I probably get six hours of sleep a night just because I'm writing so much. Yeah, it's wild. It is wild. It's not healthy. I don't I don't encourage that. <laughs> but I am also in a mode that I'm kind of forced to right. confront that because I have so many things happening. So I am working nonstop. But that work that hopefully seeds what you're trying to do will inevitably create more work. And that work you put your heart and soul into and you're going to keep chasing. And I always tell people like, every time I talk about this, I want them to know that I'm... Uh, peculiarly blessed right now with the privilege and the opportunity to have this wealth of work. So I'm happy to do it. And I think that for me, it's always a, a qualitative ask of like, mm-hmm. do you ever see yourself stop working? How much are you going to keep working? I hope I continue to keep working, even if it involves me not sleeping <laughs> on really high quality projects, which includes the try guys. Mm-hmm. It includes our stuff. Um, I just hope that we never get to a point, and this is kind of back to what Zach's saying, is that where it's just solely quantitative, like right. you have to hit a number, you have to do this. And that's where things like digital and social media, it get they get a little endangered because you might have to like release that video. You might have to hit a mark. Mm-hmm. And that is a tough thing. Hard to do that. For yeah, her. it's a really tough thing. And even kids these days who feel like they have to get a certain amount of likes on an Instagram post, that's not a really good place for anyone creatively minded to be in. Right. Your hope is that even and though- on the internet, if you're not yeah. growing forever, you're dying, like it's fuck, a, that's It's a hard. very yeah. tough yeah. space. Cause you know, if you're really like honing in <clears throat> on what you want to do as a creative person, mm-hmm. or maybe you've just in life, like whatever your expressions are to relax or feel whole, um, it should never be dependent on solely uh, a deadline or a number or something that feels like it's being forced because it has to exist. Mm-hmm. And that's what the big advice I give, like, you know, younger people who are, you know, more tied into social media in their everyday lives is uh, don't let that notion replicate into your TV, your film, your mm-hmm. novel, your, you, you know, whatever your, your relationships. Yeah. Quotas should not be had there because eventually For once sure. you start working tough. like seriously on things like writing a book, you're already going to be so inundated yeah. with just nonstop work that you don't need the extra thing to be like, Hey, by the way, you want to make sure that everyone loves it and you get, you hit this de-. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's already a pressure for things that require so much of your focus and time. Yeah. Like I you think don't want that. that to be in the smallest thing. Like, a photo you post to, or a video you do on TikTok, you don't have to make, because mm-hmm. if you make the lowest effort thing, like the highest stakes, then what's your highest effort thing going to have an emotional toll on you? It's going to be yeah. an even higher stake. Mm-hmm. So I just want people to just like relatively say like, hey, honor your story, those stories that you really want to do. And know when it doesn't have to be beholden to a system that um, is generated by an algorithm or by numbers. Yeah. And it can be really fucking fun too. Like that's the problem I have. Not, it's not a problem. Like you, you talked about having a little amount of sleep. I imagine part of it too, is that you're like, Oh, I got it. Like you're following this. It, it feels like you're chasing a dragon or, or that you're, it's almost like you're whittling, right? You have this, this fucking block of stone and you're cracking. You're like, I see what's in there, but I got to find it. And the other night, like I had a choice of, Oh, I can watch catch up on secession or 
no, I think I'm going to go right. And I ended up staying up till 2.30 in the morning because I just like all of a sudden I blinked and time went by and it was like I got lost in this world. <laughs> and uh, so so will we ever work less? I don't. I was talking to a friend. I know a YouTuber whose goal is to just make as much money as they can and retire. And I'm like, that's that's a nightmare. Uh, yes. <laughs> but if I retire, it's because I want to retire to just be able to make these things now. Right. I, no, I, I never am going to because for me, the the work is the joy. Mm-hmm. There is a bit of a problem there when like you're, you don't have that work-life balance because your hobby becomes your job and I've had mm-hmm. to navigate that and work through it and I blah, blah, blah. We've all had to go through that shit. We're, we're uh, older, more mature people now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, finally, it should be noted that regardless, in any society to be able to pursue your passions, especially in artistic field, it it is a privilege and it becomes a privilege that your job, even though things, you never want anything to feel like a job. Mm -hmm. If your job is aligned with your passions, that's a huge privilege, you know? Um, I I mentioned waitering and like, even I was doing doing that essentially more than I was being able to direct (laughs) or, you know, could do writing like I wanted Mm -hmm. to. Um, That's the reality for a lot of people. So like, you know, my, my hope is that, I've noticed, you know, for, for artistic types, we always say like, I can never imagine stopping working because the hope is that I'll always be passionate about the jobs that are in place for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a privilege I'm very thankful to have. It's a privilege we're thankful to have. And I think that when I hear my boyfriend say my goal after years and years of business school is to not have to work or for a boss or to work, I never understood it. But mm-hmm. I also got that he's not 100% passionate about yeah. what his jobs are. Of course, yeah. So it is very much like a sobering thing where, you know, as much as I will tell people that I'm not sleeping and I'm <laughs> constantly <laughs> working, Zach hit it on the head. It, I am chisel, ch- ch- chiseling away at dreams. Mm-hmm. And that is ultimately the most fulfilling aspect of everything we've just discussed is right. the ability and the privilege to do that. Mm-hmm. So- that's what I'm most yeah, yeah, thankful I mean, for this Thanksgiving. Woo! Oh, look at that. I mean, no, you, you said it better than I, I could. And the last little bit that I'll I'll add, we're obviously talking about this in a professional capacity, but every fucking person in the world is creative. I don't, if you're going to look exactly. me in the eyes and say, I'm not, I don't believe you. And like, yes, we have stuff that makes me uh, special, but we're not special. We're special in that we have the privilege to make this our job. Mm-hmm. So like you listening right now at home, do you have a creative project in your life? Do you have a job that you do not feel super passionate about or like that you don't feel fulfilled in that way? You owe it to yourself to find a creative project no, ha- no matter how small that is separate from your, your financial worth, that is separate from your social media worth. Find that fucking thing. And now there's a lawnmower outside. Yeah. I put myself on mute. <laughs> oh man, oh man, I cannot tell you how fucking wonderful it makes your life. That's my bit of advice. But if you want advice... It's a little worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little saltier. Yeah. That might make that might make your genitals stand on their end. Oh god, we're back to the genitals. Yeah. Well then you might need some advice from a man named Miles. And happy Thanksgiving, motherfuckers, because this is advice that'll go for miles with Miles. Bon seniority. <laughs> Tune into your radio station. Oh, it's like imaging Woo! deep. Damn. 
music producer. Thank you so much to Sab Surrett. Sab Surrett. Was that Sab's again? Fuck. That's Sab's again. I I don't know if you cut to me at all during that. I (laughs) took everything in my power to not make noises because I didn't want to disturb how fucking beautiful that was. Yeah, it's Sab's Can you send me that MP3 immediately? Absolutely. Oh my God. Sab's makes hits. Oh my God. Uh, Highly fucking recommend. Sab's made a Guilty Pleasures theme song. Sab's made uh, other advice I'll go for Miles theme songs. Huge shout out at Sab's Um, so if after that you need a little piece of advice, (laughs) have you ever wanted to be dry? Where? Everywhere. No. Have you ever wanted a dry taint? Have you ever wanted? I want my taint to feel like sandpaper miles. Go on. I'm on board. Stickiness. Uh Uh-uh, darling. Let's save that for after dark. I'm talking about a dry everything. Getting ready to- Why did you say taint? (laughs) (laughs) Why did you- Oh man, we had, this is the most like 180 head spinning podcast. We went from this kissing cousins conversation. Yeah. Fucking a turkey. Are you kissing your cousin and you want it to be dry? (sighs) And now you're bringing it to the dry taint. Okay. Continue miles. Very on board. I'm talking about poo. I'm talking shampoo. I'm talking dry shampoo. Spray. If you put it on your taint, it will burn. I do not recommend it. Yeah, don't do that. Huff. Why dry are you putting dry shampoo, shampoo on your taint, Zach? I'm saying you shouldn't do it. It's but Miles not said that his baby powder. Okay. I just want to make make sure that the, the you, audience it sound, it do not sounded spray like that you were speaking from experience. It's not baby powder, okay? Don't put it on your taint. But sorry, I am Miles. What you, would you say? Put it on your oily little hairs because it's going to dry shampoo. And I didn't know about this. I mean, I knew the existence of it. Women everywhere are not going to be surprised by this advice because it is extremely common, I think, dry shampoo. But I feel like it hasn't made its way into the male space as much What you're as saying, should. put dry shampoo- On your hair. On your hair, okay. Not on your taint. I thought I was lost. I don't put dry shampoo on my taint. And I know that me denying that <laughs> makes it sound- Can we get that? Can yeah. we get that? Yeah. Just taken out. Taken out. And <laughs> I, I know it sounds like- So I'm, you just discovered it. Well, I just hadn't used it before. I knew it existed, but I just was like, my hair was oily and I wanted to go to do whatever I was doing this weekend. And Sarah was like, use some dry shampoo. And I did it and it was exhilarating, honestly. Because I found that my hair gets greasy as fuck and it's hot in LA and it gets extra greasy. And I don't know what that's about. So the dry shampoo helped me get ready for the day, helped me get shampooed up without getting wet. But you love getting Eugene, wet. I, think I do our- love getting wet. I love getting soaked. Eugene. Yeah, you love bathing. I love to bathe, but I don't have time for a bath always. Oh. And a shower feels like I think I told energy. the viewers this, Eugene. I don't know if you know this, mm. that one of the first times I met your boyfriend, mm-hmm. Matt, uh, we were at the, the the stripping show, the male stripping show for the Try Guys Try Stripping. Yes. And <laughs> I follow Matt into the bathroom. We're, we're at a urinal together. And I just kind of slowly turn and I go, What's the secret to your hair? <laughs> and <he just> goes, 
He goes, I don't shampoo. And I'm like, ah, no shit. He's like, yeah, I don't shampoo. And if you need it, dry shampoo. And I'm like, how about that? Wow. So I stopped shampooing. I only shampoo like once a week because of Matt McLean. That's huge. Wow. Look yeah. at that. While you were at the urinal. Yeah, I harassed him at the urinal. I, <laughs> I try and corner people. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I, I get people when they can't escape. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's kind of, that's that's the, I mean, your hair journey has been pretty remarkable, Zach. So uh, if anything, just get more gay friends. Hey, <laughs> yeah, that's my really, bonus yeah. advice. Get more gay friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great advice to keep kind of always. Not like Pokemon, yeah. but you know, just uh, get in the circles. Yeah, don't catch them all. Yeah, do you, you can't catch me. <laughs> have, have gay friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I co-signed that. That's yeah. really good. But um, yeah, I, I think- Get less straight friends. <laughs> yeah. Just balances it out. Balances it out. Weed them out. Perfectly. Have you been continuing the dry shampoo journey? I did it two days in a row. And let me tell you, my taint has never been <laughs> <laughs> silkier <laughs> silkier no i just like it i found that it was cool i just don't know why it's I, I feel like it's one of those weird products that's only marketed for women really and i it's like why but i just am conf confused by that type of product similar to how like the good razors are marketed towards men and those shitty razors are marketed towards women yeah yeah that's that's both on the advertisers and just on the binary sort of exactly like pushing these it's ideas about everyone crazy yeah exactly pink tax hey I think you're in pretty good advice this week. What can I say? <laughs> I tried. <laughs> um, Do you have any happy holiday messages, Miles, for the people? I'm telling you to get out there and fuck your turkey, kiss your cousin. <laughs> oh, God. And, and enjoy dry shampoo. some dry shampoo while you're sleep sipping on a vegan pumpkin pie. A vegan pecan pie. Is pecan pie is what Zach said. Which does, for yeah, some reason, not vegan sound... Pie. Vegan pecan pie. What's right. the crust? Pecan pie is basically just fucking sugar. That's true. It's just a lot of. Have you like honestly? My biggest takeaway from all of our without a recipes <laughs> is how disgusting food is. It's just food every is, baked treat. It's just, food just is nasty. Junk sugar. It's crazy. It's pretty gross. It's crazy what we eat. I agree. Well, no matter how you celebrate today, we hope you're having a safe holiday. Damn right. Uh, you <laughs> will find I'm probably with my family right now, mm -hmm. uh, eating Darn Korean tootin'. food. Yeah. Uh, drinking, drinking some wine. Yum. Wine I'm, I'm going to eat shrimp. You're having shrimp? I'm eat shrimp. Thanksgiving shrimp. That's Get nice. on my level, people. I'm probably going to be baked as hell, kind of eating a turkey. Oh, yeah. I'm going to definitely. <laughs> we got to keep you away from turkeys, Miles. <laughs> well, I'm not going to fuck the turkey that I eat. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not a heathen. You're <laughs> a different turkey. Yeah, of course. Think that part through. Uh, uh, were you man, the cousin, oh, Miles? It was no, ew, it was my wedding. <laughs> it was not the cousin. Excuse me, cousin in question. The C. <laughs> sure, I'm going to have to CIC. Text the old Bonsignores to see. Yeah. Then be like, oh, that story. <laughs> it was not me. It Dude, was we, someone else. We had such good time hanging out with your parents. I feel I like know, we got to get them back in the, get them in the studio. Let's bring them on in. They'd love to be on. Honestly, a, a pod of just pa a parent pod. It's just our, just all the parents. parents. Just <laughs> None replacing of, us. No None of us. <laughs> Just maybe someone here just to press the right button. It's really funny. Honestly, Rainy hanging out with our parents, I think that could be the best day of her goddamn life. It's a great idea. All right, well, uh, Zach, hit us with oh, the fuck. official tripod theme song. Hit it, Zach. Well, Keith ain't here, so it's me and Eugene just hanging out. And when I'm done with my little Kobe Exposey, gonna give him a hug. <laughs> we retired that term, Zach. No. <laughs> 
back. Um, Miles, say the thing Ned says that I hate. Until next time, stay beautiful. Mm.